The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. My unfamiliar voice leading off this show is that of Anshu Khanna. Uh, We are without Josh Dunn. He is in a much warmer climb uh, celebrating the wedding of his brother, DJ. Congrats, DJ. Hope you guys are having an awesome time, Josh. I'm sure you will deliver a speech for the record books. Uh, today, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show since it's just me here, uh, but we'll talk a bunch of college basketball, then uh, dive into some recent news as it relates to the NFL and uh, you know, just wrap it up from there. So without further ado, let's talk a little co- college basketball conference tournaments. We really haven't gotten a chance to do this. Uh, the timing doesn't work out super well because there aren't odds out yet for the big conferences, the big 10, the power, uh, power six. So we won't have those odds, although we'll try to touch upon that when we look at NCAA championship futures. But uh, for now, let's talk about some of the uh, the lesser conferences that are about to get kicked off here. And let's start with the Atlantic Sun, where two teams are likely to be in the running. We've got Lipscomb, minus 200. They are the one seed. And in the Atlantic Sun Conference, the better seed hosts each game. So a huge edge to Lipscomb, despite the fact that they have the same conference and regular season record as the two seed, which is Liberty. Liberty is plus 185, and I think that they provide a bunch of value here. So just to set the table here for you a little bit, Lipscomb is the Ken Palm number 50 overall team as far as efficiency goes. Liberty is a very nice 69th ranked team. Lipscomb likes to run about as as hard as anybody that might make this tournament this year. They're the 14th fastest team in the country as far as tempo goes. Liberty, one of the slowest. Lipscomb made the tournament last year, if you might remember. They've thus far this year beaten TCU. They barely lost to Chris Mack in Louisville. Uh, They lost to Clemson uh, over at Clemson in Alabama, and then they've lost twice against Belmont. They also, um, you know, are just, they're a really good team. They've been well-rounded. They've they've been hot down the stretch. So they've also split with Liberty. Now, Liberty has won at Lipscomb, and Lipscomb's won at Liberty. Um, but Liberty, I think, provides a bunch of value because, uh, you know, they've already you probably don't remember this, but they won at Kentucky very early this year. But they did win there. They also won at UCLA, which obviously isn't the team that it has traditionally been, but a really you know solid win when you think of the caliber of players that play at those two schools. Um, they've also lost at Vandy, at Georgetown and at Alabama. But, you know, this is a pretty battle tested Liberty team. And. You know, when they drag this game to a halt, I think that that can potentially take a faster team out of their element. And I know that better than anyone having gone to Wisconsin. So uh, I think Liberty at plus 185 is a two seed. They are on Bovada.lv plus 185 against Lipscomb's minus 200. That basically just assumes that uh, Lipscomb's going to get, you know, the home championship game uh, against Liberty. So I and I just don't like that. Liberty has already done uh, the deed there. So I, I like Liberty as a, as a potential underdog here. 
Florida Gulf Coast is also in this conference. They're not listed on Bovada as one of the uh, potential champions. Obviously, can't bet on them, but they're a team to just look out for. I mean, they're, you know, this team always hovers around and something about March and Florida Gulf Coast seems to click. So it doesn't matter who their coaches over the last, you know, six or seven years, they've been pretty, pretty good. So watch out for Florida Gulf Coast. They're a bit of a landmine. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Missouri Valley Conference, Arch Madness. Not quite the powerhouse conference that we've seen traditionally. Wichita State obviously switched conferences, so not the team that we've seen. Um, you know, not a team that could potentially win this. This in St. Louis, and they are led by a very familiar team. Last year's biggest Cinderella story, the Final Four bound Loyola Ramblers, uh, plus 160 to win this. They obviously had a very slow start. Porter Moser and the boys, Clayton Custer. Uh, Cameron Krutwig, Marcus Towns, they've won three of their last four, so they're they're getting a little warmer at the right time. They're 126 in Ken Palm, not very good, um, but at plus 160, they're the favorites. They've got the experience, they're battle-tested, and um, you know they're a team that uh, I would expect to obviously win this tournament. At plus 160, though, uh, Bovada not giving them really the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they, they are the favorites, but definitely not odds-on. So let's look at some of the other teams here. Uh, Southern Illinois comes in next. They are the three seed, but they are at plus 333. They are led by Scotty Pippen's nephew, which makes me feel super old. Kavion, uh, they've won four or five games. Kavion Pippen, uh, you know, a center for them. They are 144 in Ken Palm, though. That's a team that I would avoid. A team I might not avoid, though, is Drake. Drake is plus 550. They are the two seed. Loyola dominated Drake in the two games that they played, but Drake plays at a much faster pace. Um, they're a team, you know, I, I think that that's a, it's an interesting get here at plus 550. This is a wide open conference and generally the team that does something a little bit different, um, is, is a team to watch out for. And I think that Drake at plus 550 is one to look at. They've also played several other tough out of conference games. So look at Drake. I think that plus 550 is good, but again, Loyola plus 160, this is probably the biggest, uh, lock, I think, of the favorite, the one seeds of these uh, lower level conferences. So, I mean, aside from obviously Gonzaga, but Loyola is plus 160, again, likely to, to re-crash the dance, dance despite their slow start. So we'll get Loyola there. Uh, let's move on to the Southern Conference. The Southern Conference is a very slow conference, so I would probably just avoid all these games until the final um, all the realistic contenders here in this conference are in the bottom half of the country as far as tempo goes. So not a lot to look for here, but uh, one thing to watch out for is Wofford. They are even odds to win this conference. They are number 20 in Ken Palm. This is a really good opportunity. I take back what I said about Loyola being the only one seed. And it, Wofford at even is 20th. They have the conference player of the year in Fletcher McGee, the senior guard and uh, they're the 20th most efficient team in the country again eighth on offense which is very very impressive um, played some big time games as well over the course of the season out of conference so the Wofford Terriers been there done that I think that they're a very very good bet here at just even out I would probably have said they should be around minus 200 um, one of the interesting teams here is that you know so UNC Greensboro is a two seed but by Ken Palm they are the luckiest team in the country um, they are the two seed. They do have two all-conference team first teamers and um, the reigning defensive player of the year in the SOCON. But the reality is Isaiah Miller, not going to be enough um, to overcome that luck. At some point, 
it's going to come to roost for UNC Greensboro. So I actually like some of the other teams. Now, Eastern Tennessee State, you know, plus 400. They're the fourth seed. They're 66th on Kempom. They're probably a better bet. Um, in fact, they're, yeah, plus 400 versus plus 450 on Bovada against UNC Greensboro. So probably a team to avoid, though, because I really like Furman. Furman is plus 325. They are 52 in Kempom. This is a team that's kind of on the fringe of you know the bubble i think if they get through this conference tournament and ultimately wind up playing wofford uh wofford's almost a lock i would think to grab an at-large bid even if they don't win the socon which is a rarity for this conference but Furman is a three seed the best defensive team in the conference even though they don't have isaiah miller the dpoi but you've got their super balance only matt rafferty has made either a first or second team in the socon um, from this team, but they've won eight of nine. They lost by eight to Wofford. And then earlier this season, they've won, listen to this, at Loyola, at Villanova, and then they lost at LSU. Those are three guaranteed, well, maybe not guaranteed tournament teams in the case of Loyola, but at Loyola is a very nice win to have. They are plus 325. Now, Wofford at plus, at even is, is you know, a very strong team, but, um, you know, I think Furman at plus 325 gives some very, very interesting value. So that's a team that I would... I would definitely look at putting a couple shekels on and uh, maybe getting a nice little ROI for yourself. All right, so let's go now to the West Coast Conference. This will be the last one we talk about for now. Next week, we'll talk more about the bigger conferences. We'll have a better idea once, you know, UNC has played Duke, once we know how the seedings kind of shake out. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second when we look at national title odds. But for West, the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga, minus 850 that's a virtual lock and you know the way that they've beaten down on teams they've won by an average of 30 points per game the last two weeks this is just an absurd team mark few of course the best coach in this conference Rui Hachimura you know Clark you've got Perkins and Norvell out of the backcourt and Killian Tilly who has been pretty banged up throughout this season uh is expected to play in the postseason not sure if he'll play in this conference tournament or not but you know they're they're expecting him to play ultimately. This is the number two team in Ken Palm. They are my personal pick right now to win the national title. Um, you know, it stands to reason that they should be a favorite in the WCC, but I do think minus 850 is just too much. Uh, this is a really good conference, uh, and it's led by St. Mary's. St. Mary's 34th in Ken Palm, also a likely at-large team, I think. Plus 750 uh, on Movada. They have won 8 of 10. They did just lose by 14 to Gonzaga in their last regular season game. But over the course of the season, they lost by four to LSU, four to Mississippi State, 17 against Utah State, but they also beat California. I mean, this is a team that's played a lot of good teams. And uh, I like St. Mary's are balanced. Um, you know, we obviously know it seems like every year it comes down to Gonzaga and BY and uh, St. Mary's in this conference. And, um, you know, this year's no exception. They are clearly the second best team in this in this deal and should run roughshod through the conference tournament. I think plus 750 is a really good bet in part because I expect them to roll through and then ultimately play Gonzaga. And at that point, you can hedge. We always talk about the idea of investing and then hedging. And I think that St. Mary's is a perfect example of that. And part of that is because, you know, the other teams, they, they are stronger than you'd expect, uh, stronger than traditionally as far as the depth in the WCC goes. But I do like St. Mary's as, a, as a likely to get there. Now, BYU is very interesting. They're plus 3,000. So you put a dollar, you win 30. Might be worth the risk. They're 79th in Ken Palm, so not great. But they still have TJ Hawes. Yoeli Childs has been awesome. He's averaging 21 and basically 10. They've won seven of nine. They beat Utah. They beat Utah State. 
They lost at Mississippi State. They lost by 14 to Houston. They lost by 16 at Nevada. But the reality is this team has played a bunch of good teams. So they will not be surprised by either Gonzaga or St. Mary's as far as, you know, the talent. Now, they might not win, but they've played teams of that caliber-ish in terms of talent um, this season. So I think BYU is interesting, plus 3,000. Here are a couple deep sleepers in the WCC for you. San Francisco, plus 4,562, lost three in a row. They have faded hard down the stretch, so they're not a team I like as much as I do like San Diego, plus 8,500. They are 110th in Ken Palm, but they have played the Zags tougher than any of those top other two te- three teams that we talked about, and they had an aggressive schedule. They're led by Isaiah Pinero. Might be the best WCC player not on the Zags. He's averaging 19 and 10. Let's know how aggressive the schedule is, though. They lost to Drake by seven, likely tournament team. Lost to Washington by only three, Oregon by 10. And then they beat Colorado and Washington State. So they've played against big conference teams over and over again out West. Plus 8,500 might be worth, again, throwing a dollar on it, seeing what happens with Isaiah Pinero. I think that this, you know, this WCC is going to be a really fun tournament. Strongly advise watching it. Avoid the SoCon until you see, hopefully we see a Wofford Furman championship game because i think that would be a really good one um but this tournament should be good and i would fade gonzaga a little bit as much as i like them overall i think that these other three teams um specifically boo and san diego provide quite a bit of value here for the wcc so just something to think about here as you look towards your postseason tournaments uh let's talk a little bit about the overall um NCAA tournament and the odds to win the 2019 NCAA Men's Championship. So Duke is your favorite at plus 240. Gonzaga, the aforementioned Bulldogs, plus 700. Virginia, plus 950. Tennessee, plus 1200. Kentucky, plus 1400. Michigan State and North Carolina, both plus 1500. Michigan, plus 1600. Nevada, plus 3300. Big drop off there. And then Purdue, plus 3300. Texas Tech, plus 3300. Those are your top 11. Kansas, plus 4000. Kansas State, LSU, all plus 4000. So of those, I think that there is some real value with Virginia, plus 950. This is a team that is, you know, obviously coming off the 16 versus one loss at UMBC last year, but they are number one in Ken Palm as expected given their snail-like pace. But, you know, they there is no reason for them to be the third-rated uh, team in this thing. And so, you know, they their only two losses this season have come to Duke with, um, obviously, Zion Williamson. I, I just think Virginia at plus 950 is going to be a value because they're likely to be a one seed. They're likely to be placed away from Duke. Um, and I just think that that's a team, you know, as a protected seed, they're going to have some good, you know, home cooking. I, I think that Virginia, assuming they don't lose to North Carolina or Duke in that ACC landmine, I mean, I think that that's, that's a real good bet for me. Um, and I like them more than any of these other teams. Michigan State and Michigan, plus 1,500, plus 1,600 in the Big Ten tournament. Michigan State had has had a ton of injuries. We don't know what Charles Matthews' status is for Michigan. He is banged up. I mean, he's likely to play, it sounds like John Beeline said that, but. You know, not not a super interesting bet for me. I think that they're they're a tough team to want to stick with. Um, you know, at this stage of the season now, based on where they get seeded and you know how that all breaks out, it could be something different. As of the time of this recording, they're basically in a three-way tie for the Big Ten title with Michigan State and Purdue. But um, you know, that's a tough one. Michigan State obviously without Langford. This is just a team that you know has been so banged up down the stretch. I I avoid Sparty at almost all costs. 
Uh, Kentucky plus 1400, you know, they've been, they've been up and down. They've been a lot more up than down recently, but this, this SEC is going to be tough. Um, LSU coming on strong. Obviously, they've been up and down a little bit, but they're going to be a tough out. Tennessee at plus 1,200 is a team that's kind of faded a little bit more down the stretch, but they're so balanced and so you know senior-laden that that's not a team that I would necessarily want to bet against. So I, I kind of avoid the SEC altogether. I'm looking at investments. I think Virginia, again, at plus 950 is a worthwhile one. Um, you know, As we go down the list a little bit more, uh, I think Texas Tech at plus 3,300. This is a team that's eighth in Ken Palm. They're, you know, according to basically Bovada, they've got, they're the 11th rated team. So that provides a little bit of value for you. They're in a B12, uh, Big 12 conference where, you know, they should be the favorite um, to win it outright. I mean, Kansas is obviously lingering. Um, Kansas State is a really good team, I think, too. And they've played much, much better down the stretch. But ultimately, I, I like Texas Tech. I think that they're, a team to watch for at plus 3,300 as a national title contender. Houston at plus 5,000. I mean, that's not going to change a whole lot if you think about, you know, the way that these conferences are expected to go. Um, one thing I'm surprised about, Marquette and Villanova, both plus 5,000. Marquette has lost three games in a row. They have not looked great. They lost at Seton Hall last night. I think that they'll get their stuff together a little bit with the Hauser brothers and obviously, you know, the star point guard. But I, I do think that, you know, Marquette, I, I, if I'm picking between those two, I know Nova has not looked the same. This is not the same Villanova team that has won two of the last three titles, but, you know, they're still really good. They're still really talented. They've got great coaching in Jay Wright. I think that Villanova plus 5,000 is a team that, you know, that's a that's going to be a wide open Big East tournament. But if they ultimately win it, which I expect them to, um, that tournament, that is, I, I, I think that, that those odds will, will sink. So that could be a worthwhile investment. Uh, for you out there. Uh, as we go down, uh, go on down the line, we've got Maryland plus 8,000. Wisconsin's plus 6,000. Obviously, this is going to be a little bit of a homer pick, but they are likely to be the four seed in the Big Ten tournament, assuming they win out. They have a game tonight, which will come before this recording is released, but they play Iowa at home, Iowa without Coach Fran McCaffrey. Um, if they win that, then they go play Ohio State. Um, I think that that's going to be a good look for them. They'll be the four seed, and that means a double buy, which is huge for them. If they're able to spring one upset, that these odds will tank because they will be a four or three seed in the NCAA tournament, um, and that will make them a much, much more appealing option. They are also 12th in Ken Palm, 12th in the net rankings, the number seven adjusted defense in the country. Um, pretty well-rounded, obviously senior laden with Ethan Happ and you know, they've got they've got a lot of players that have played a long time there. So I think that Wisconsin is a, is a good bet. Just again, and don't think that Wisconsin's winning the national title or even making the final four. But, you know, when you think about investments and the opportunity to hedge, I think that Wisconsin is a team to look out for. And then one other one. Let's look at Washington. They are plus nine thousand in the Pac-12, which has just been garbage this year. But they are the number 42 team in Ken Palm easily the highest in that conference. The next highest is Oregon at 57. So I think that, you know, Washington likely to be, or I believe they will be the one seed in the Pac-12 tournament, plus 9,000 that if they are able to win this conference tournament will look much better for them. They'll they'll sink quite a bit um, in terms of odds. So look at them as a potential option as well. And then one long shot for you. How about, let's see, you've got plus 25,000. On Indiana, Indiana has been a completely different team down the stretch. I think that, you know, they obviously, you know, they're what, five games under 500 in, in conference, four games under 500 in conference. But if they're able to win out, 
here in the regular season and then win two games in the tournament, which, you know, right now, the way they stand right now, they're the they're the 10th rated team in the big 10 um, at the 10 seed. So they would have to win a couple of games, but those are pretty much gimmies if they have to play, you know, like a Illinois or a Rutgers or a Nebraska or whatever down the, um, at the bottom of that big 10 totem pole. So I, I think that, you know, Indiana has got a real good shot to uh, win, you know, two or three games, four games, get to close to 500 in conference. And then the way that they've won, they've beaten Michigan state twice, you know, they've got some big time skins on their wall. So I think that Indiana plus 25,000, again, just from a, an investment perspective is a really interesting bet. So I, I, you know, and they've played much better. They beat Wisconsin at home in a pretty thrilling, but weirdly played game. So I, uh, I like Indiana there as well. Uh, just a, another team to look out for for you. And uh, before we go on, just a quick message from our buddies. If you like our show, you are going to love the official Lakers podcast on Podcast One Sportsnet. Join Emmy-winning sportscaster Susie Schuster, along with producer Aaron Lar- Larsuel, this week as the All-Star team faces off against the L.A. Clippers the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics download the official Lakers podcast every week on podcast one or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I think that, you know, the Lakers, you talk about the Lakers. That is such a dumpster fire. LeBron James passes Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list yesterday. Uh, Whatever. You know, the number one on that list is Carl Malone, I believe, or maybe it's Kobe. I honestly don't know off the top of my head, but neither of those guys are, really a threat to being the greatest of all time. So I love the Twitterati that are all over this meaning that LeBron is better than Jordan. Just get off it. You know, he's his, his Lakers are tanking. Sorry to uh, Schuster and Larsoul there. Uh, but you know, that's going to be tough for them to, uh, to make the playoffs and we'll, we'll have to see, but that's uh, that's a huge disappointment. It, it feels unlikely that they're going to get Anthony Davis and uh, yeah, the Lakers thing is a disaster, but Let's switch gears a little bit here to the NFL and some huge news. Obviously, the combine was last week. We'll have some draft odds here in the next 50 or so days. I believe we're 50 days out from the NFL draft. Uh, But, you know, huge news was made on the eve or maybe even during the combine. I believe Jason Witten comes out of the Monday night football booth, will play for the Dallas Cowboys, which is just insane to me next season. And so there are some odds on Bovado that have – you know, some of these uh, over-unders. So let's go through them here real quick. Total receiving touchdowns in the 2019-2020 regular season for Jason Witten. It's set at three and a half, which I think is crazy. The over is minus 110. The under, minus 130. I think the under is a great bet. If you look at Jason Witten's last year, last few years, last four years of his career, in 2014, five touchdowns, 2015, three, 2016, three, 2017, five. Now, 2018, he had zero. So I think three, three and a half is a good bet under on that minus 130. I mean, we don't even know if he's going to play, like how much he's going to play. He's 37. You know, they're likely to draft someone. This is a really deep tight end class. I think this is an opportunity for you to get the under before the Cowboys do a bunch of stuff in the uh, in the offseason. So bet the under on Jason Witten there, guys. Uh, total receiving yards for Jason Witten over under 525 and a half. The over is plus 120. The under minus 160. Again, 525 and a half. Let's look at the last few years: 703, 713, 673, 560, and zero. So yeah, he hasn't had that low of a total. I don't think in his entire career since his rookie season. But you know, come on. 
come on, guys. <laughs> like, Jason Witten's not coming off the bench and coming out of the booth and getting, you know, what is that, 10 yards or, what, 20, 30 yards a game? I just don't see that happening for him. So um, just hammer the under on that. 40 yards a game, I think, is what the actual number is. So, yeah, under minus 160. You have to pay for it, but it's worth it. And a lot of times when you see props like this, it's, you know, designed to create action. And generally the action is going to be on the over on these. So I love the under on both those. And then the final one there for Jason Witten is total receptions in the next regular season over under 57 and a half. Again, going back to 2014, 64, 77, 69, nice 63. So he's again, never been under that number in a while, but look again, is he going to come in? and catch, what is that, three, four balls a game? Probably not. I'm going under, minus 160. I love that for, uh, so all the unders on Jason Witten. Go in there on Bovada and, and definitely hammer the unders on all those. I just don't expect him to play that much. And if he does, it's going to be in a primarily in a primarily blocking role. Remember, he didn't have Amari Cooper there for a lot of that. I know he had Dez, but Amari Cooper, clearly a different kind of beast. They have Zeke and Cooper. I just, yeah, no, no, thank you. And plus, they never used their tight end last year. So, yeah, go under on Jason Witten. A couple final props we've got by the time you listen to this. Uh, you know, by the time we record next week, uh, the free agency in the NFL will have kicked off pretty much. So let's look at some of these potential free agents or trade uh, trade targets. There's two of them. Where will Landon Collins play week one, 2019-2020? He was unceremoniously dumped by the Giants, wasn't tagged, doesn't make a lot of sense. 25-year-old safety, one of the best in-the-box safeties, doesn't do a lot of covering, but you know, still really young and really good, former first-rounder, really like Landon Collins. Uh, the favorites, Detroit Lions, plus 215. Cowboys, the aforementioned boys, plus 500. Tampa Bay, plus 500. Kansas City, plus 285. The Niners are plus 550 and the Skins plus 600. Yeah, you know, I, I the Cowboys have been mentioned with Earl Thomas. I just don't think they're a likely buyer on a big safety. They've got enough issues. They've got to resign to Marcus Lawrence, who they just tagged off the edge. They've got to pay Jason Witten a couple million, which is just silly. But, um, you know, and then they also have to extend Dak Prescott and potentially uh, Amari Cooper here in the near future. So I kind of like the San Francisco 49ers plus, plus 550. They've been mentioned with Earl Thomas. Um, they've got a ton of money. Earl Thomas to rekindle his relationship with his former buddy in the Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman. But I like I like Landon Collins here. It's a, a potentially cheaper and younger option uh, for the Niners. So plus 550 there is interesting. The skins at plus 600 is also interesting. Washington loves spending a bunch of money. They need to overcome this Alex Smith thing. They're not likely to pay a quarterback a lot. So I, I like those two, actually. If you put a dollar or two on each of them, might get a little nice little return on your investment. And then finally, the last one we'll talk about today is where will Odell Beckham Jr. play for week one of the 2019-2020 NFL season? Odell has been making a bunch of noise. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors out there on Twitter. Will he, uh, you know, potentially get traded to the Cleveland Browns? They are plus 285. Giants are still minus 200. Remember, he just sent an extension with the Giants last year, but definitely a lot of noise being made. Jake Glazer wrote in The Athletic and then doubled down in The Athletic that if there was going to be an unexpected trade, that Odell Beckham would be the big name to go. Um, I, I think that there's a real likelihood he does. I think those odds are properly placed. 
But if you look at some of the others, we've talked about the Steelers plus 700. That one makes a lot of sense to me in terms of a trade for Antonio Brown. We've talked about what is going on with AB and, you know, obviously the what goes into a trade for him. The fact that, you know, either way, the Steelers are on the hook for a bunch of money unless they trade for a player um, from a team who's willing to pick up a bunch of money. So this could be a straight up trade. I mean, I'm sure the Steelers would throw in you know, a second or third rounder if they were to do that. But I think the Steelers at plus 700 are interesting, if nothing else. Niners plus 1,500. They, you know, they were mentioned with Beckham last season. Um, they're surely barking up that tree. I would be shocked if they weren't. So that's an interesting one. The Cardinals plus 1,600. They've got Larry Fitz. Um, they've got Rosen. They may not have Rosen for long, and it might be Kyler Murray. That That's an interesting one to me as well. Raiders plus 1,600. Obviously, they've been mentioned with Antonio Brown. By the time you listen to this, there's a decent chance Antonio Brown's already on the Raiders, but they have three first-rounders. Um, you know, if if the Giants are indeed looking for two of them, that's the, the primary target, I would say, of a team that, that could, you know, do that for them. Uh, Miami is plus 1,600, always in the hunt for big names. The Jets plus 1,600. The Bears plus 1,600. They just signed Allen Robinson last season. Don't see that happening. Traded up for Anthony Miller as well, so... I would probably expect that not to happen unless Miller was included in a trade for Beckham. So of all these, I mean, I, I you know, obviously the Browns are kind of the, the favorite right now to get them. But I think that the, you know, I think that the Niners at plus 1500 are a real interesting bet because of the fact that they, you know, were clearly interested in him last season and um, probably not trading that number one. But that second rounder that they have, the 34th, I believe, overall pick is basically a late first. I mean, they could throw a second, second rounder in there like next year's and it equivalents to a first and, you know, maybe another young player, uh, maybe, you know, an Eric Armstead or one of their young defensive linemen that they've spent picks on, especially if they're planning on drafting Nick Bosa at number two, assuming Kyler Murray goes number one. I think that that Niners at plus 1500 is certainly one to look at. So our time here today is done. Hopefully you enjoyed my long running monologue here. I apologize if uh, my monotone voice didn't quite match up to the electric soothing tones of one Josh Dunn, but we'll have him back here next week and uh, should be a fun show. We'll talk more about the NCAA tournament, the conference tournaments leading into selection Sunday. And then it's all selection Sunday. It's sweet 16. It's fantasy baseball. It's, you know, we're going to head in to, the NFL draft, which you know is my baby, as I've clearly <laughs> indicated here. But uh, for Anchukana, I'm Anchukana. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.